0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Worker's Mic, powered by the MCL, right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Joining me today, we've got Phil Davidson from the Midwest Carpenters Union. Good morning, Phil.
1: Hey, good morning, Ed. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Glad to have you in the studio today. Ken couldn't make it in today. Do you have any uh, uh, ideas on where's Ken for this week?
1: Ooh, um i'm gonna say it's fall he's apple picking he's probably apple picking one of those pumpkin cannons yeah as we all know he is an outdoorsman you've got uh you've
0: got young kids right i do have you taken them out for the pumpkin cannons and all that stuff uh not yet but we're planning on going next week yeah i think i think we're going next week too and it's uh with three kids and two adults it's like a $500 a day, you know.
1: Yeah, no, we talked about that. We're, we're going out to the hinterlands to go find an affordable pumpkin patch because, yeah, I mean, if you go anywhere near Metro Chicago, it's you're right, it's like $25 it's to get in, and then another wristband you got to buy to go on a ride. It's like you can easily spend $150. There. Yeah, I'm yeah.
0: getting to a place in my life where on the way home, I think we're just going to stop at Jewel and buy a bag of apples for, you know, $5.
1: Yeah, there is that, the more, uh, what's what's that metro apple picking yeah cosmopolitan uh, apple picking
0: yeah well people like the process but you can do the process and then just put the bag down on the ground and get in the car and go to go to jewel
1: there you go are you a honey crisp man
0: uh yeah yeah i mean if every other apple (laughs) wasn't around anymore i would just live on honey crisp i don't know anybody who feels different unless you're (laughs) a baker what about you that's a softball question yeah i don't
1: understand why they even make other apples it's like Honeycrisp yeah. or die, you know?
0: When I was a kid, Golden Delicious was where it was at. Yeah, and, no, uh, now no. I, I, it's like it just doesn't It doesn't seem right anymore. No,
1: doesn't hit as well.
0: A couple of years ago, there was a new apple coming, and you kept reading about it. Like, next year, this apple's coming. Get ready for it. And I think it was yeah. called the Cosmic Crisp. Yeah. I tried it. I wasn't very
1: impressed. Those apple scientists, they're, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they're
0: out of control. They've got to really step it up. <laughs> they're drinking decaf down in yeah. the apple lab. Well... It was a big week around Chicago. There is a ton to talk about nationally with labor stuff, but uh I wanted to start by throwing a tip of the hat to one of the you know, one of Chicago's most favorite working people, and that is Tom Skilling. W- icon. A, he is an icon. A
1: true Chicago icon. Yeah. He um what was it, forty five years 45 years yeah, he's he been a weatherman been the, i mean probably the most famous weatherman in the country bar and, none and i would argue the most accurate yeah
0: you know it's one of those things where if you really want to know what the weather's going to be like you check tom skilling you don't waste time with uh, accuweather or nothing against accuweather but uh you know tom skilling was the guy he always had it right i actually have a cousin who is a meteorologist yeah. and she interned for tom skilling and i asked her you know is he the best? And she's like, yeah, he's amazing. It's like uh, working for a wizard.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he he he's a legend. We will certainly miss Tom. I mean, maybe the most famous Chicagoan at this point in time, and and the one actually, I'll say this: the most agreeable Chicagoan. There's not anyone who dislikes Tom Skilling, no matter what your Side of the fence you on politically, right? you know, like right? everyone likes Tom.
0: But that's a good point. I don't yeah. think I've ever met anybody that didn't like Tom. Scaling.
1: Yeah, if you I don't want to know you, if you don't like Tom Scaling.
0: it would be you know? I'd be interested to know why. Like what happened to you? Where <laughs> you know, one day I went to work. It was struck by lightning. I had an important interview and I didn't wear a jacket and it drizzled and I didn't get the job and it's <laughs> your fault, Tom. Took
1: it out on Tom for all these years. Yeah, yeah
0: you know, but uh, you know, Bon Voyage, Tom. You're the yeah. man. We love you.
1: Godspeed. Those are some giant shoes, to fill.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, we also welcomed a new uh, union member in the city of Chicago, and that's Connor Bedard with the Blackhawks. The
1: yeah. NHL Players Association. Players Association. member.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's number one pick. I can't think of a uh, person since, like, Patrick Kane, who's gotten this level of, of hype around Chicago. In the first couple games, he looks – I mean, I'm not a hockey expert. I watch it oh, mostly my. during the playoffs, but uh, he looks good. And it was cool to see in the first game he did that opening face-off with uh, Crosby from um, – philadelphia and it's like a guy that he grew up watching there's this 17 year old kid you know facing off against him it's got to be uh it's got to be intimidating but he looked like he belonged there i
1: know when you see a picture of him on the uh, on the bench it's like wow that guy's actually a professional hockey player because yeah he i mean literally he wouldn't even be graduating high school yet i don't believe yeah i don't Um, think so which is incredible but yeah that's that's very cool for the city of chicago to have that draw in especially all the uh, bars and restaurants around the united center i mean i mean honestly like a player of that caliber can really change uh, the fortunes of the surrounding businesses and get people back in that's like, for sure i mean he's got a major major massive economic impact so that's great yeah, yeah. hopefully best, they, can, best to him.
0: they can build around it because the blackhawks keep saying this is a uh, you know this is the start of a rebuild he's the first piece of it yeah and uh yeah he is the second in, coming incredible young i think about it when I was 17, my parents wouldn't even let me drink coffee. No. And he's playing, he's the number one pick, most famous, uh, you know, young athlete in Chicago. I heard that uh, Taylor, Swift, is oyster. Taylor Swift is just waiting for him to turn 18.
1: Yeah, we and, know what uh, she's up to. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: she's running low on material. Yeah. She's got the movie coming out. She needs to start planning for, you know, Era's Tour 2, because every movie needs a good <laughs> That's sequel. Right.
1: That's right.
0: Um, Especially
1: so. when, the, when the Chiefs get spanked by the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Kelsey will be yesterday's news, so yeah, a, moving on. That's a
0: bold prediction. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, anti-Chiefs guy. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, well, write it down.
1: <laughs> no, I do love the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in my union's uh, jurisdictional area, so go yeah. Chiefs. But Forty Nine ers are pretty damn good.
0: Well, there's there have been people asking why Connor Bedard wears the full cage mask on his helmet, and yeah. I think the reason is he's trying to keep that face pretty for you know Taylor. Yeah, a couple years down the road, and that's a smart move.
1: Yeah, very so. savvy.
0: Yeah. Well, wise it, beyond his years. Yeah. Keep it clean out there, Connor. We love you too. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, uh, in good some, union member too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pro in, union um, guy. In uh, labor news this week, one of the biggest things was uh, that kind of caught me by surprise was the suspension of talks with the uh, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA with uh, you know the the motion picture yeah. studios and television studios. They're at
1: loggerheads. Yeah,
0: um, you know, writers had settled a couple of weeks ago, and I had certainly thought that that would be the start of a, a process where, you know, the contracts would be settled and the industry would get back up and running. But, um, you know, apparently these talks haven't been productive, so the studios suspended them and shut them down. And um, the way that I figured that out was I got a text from Claire, my better half, who told me about it. And I was like, wow, she's following this, like, she's into it, this is yeah. great. And it was immediately followed with a text about how there weren't going to be any new Netflix Christmas movies this year. So Ooh. that was the problem. Now it you hits know, home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're getting some hostility on the home front. Yeah. You can watch all of last year's Netflix. And yeah. I suggested watching some Hallmark Christmas movies, and that wasn't happening. Apparently, that's you know that's not okay. But the, the Netflix Christmas movies, apparently, are, uh, are still just wonderful.
1: No Netflix, no Lifetime, no Hallmark. This is going to be...
0: Yeah, well, I told her... A rough
1: go for uh, our our loved ones. (laughs) You can just
0: watch TV with me, which is mostly just, uh, you know, old World War II documentaries and stuff like that. I saw something on uh, Instagram like a week ago that said, when a guy turns 35... He goes one of two directions. He learns to smoke meats, or he gets really into World War II history. And I think it's true. I got uh, I'm, I'm way into World War II history, and I have no idea how to smoke meats.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Uh, I think just war history in general. The older you get, um, you know, to stop at World War II. Getting you know, to World War One, getting to Vietnam. I mean, you can watch literally forty hours of documentary coverage about every war with Ken Burns. So I like Ken I get, Burns. Yeah, Ken Burns does a good job.
0: Yeah, I actually just finished a book. One thing with the the, the TV strike, I mean, uh, or the actors strike, is the suggestions that i'm getting on streaming services are like the stuff that's coming out the coming out soon it's terrible
1: yeah i mean it's yeah just
0: it's the best uh that you know um the czech republic has come up with like they're just dubbing it in english and yeah and uh that's that's everything so i've just been reading a lot more and listening to a lot more audible which is nice but winter's coming as they say
1: winter is coming yeah no that's a good point man i gotta f- prepare my wife there's not gonna be a lot of christmas fair over the next coming months yeah i struggled um, through a
0: few of those last year and it was it was not easy yeah
1: yeah i guess we should tell our our, our male listeners be extra sensitive and yeah. uh around your, your spouses and your loved ones because that's gonna be a rough time for them and they're yeah. gonna need your support
0: you're gonna have to help introduce some of yeah. that christmas cheer because there's not gonna yeah. be any, uh you know made for tv movies to do it for you maybe do a home movie a home movie yeah what kind of home movie
1: um a christmas home
0: movie that's what i had in mind too <laughs> okay. um with like santa claus <laughs> definitely, and stuff. definitely yeah. yeah that sounds like fun <laughs> yeah Home movies. People don't really do that. No, now they don't you have bring a camera with you all the time. Yeah. And people don't do the home movies where, I mean, I don't know or, I know. or you just take a thousand films on your phone and you never show them to anybody. Yeah, let's bring back home movies. Home movies. Yeah. Wow. I like G-rated this. G rated home movies. I mean, yeah. what other kind of home movies is <laughs> I there? I don't know. Phil? I saw
1: that twinkle in your eye for a Get your a mind there. out of the gutter, would
0: you? <laughs> Come on, man. There's a family show. But no, we, right, show. we
1: have more uh production capabilities at our fingertips than any other time in history and no one makes home movies anymore you right. know back 30 years ago you had to get the super 8 out and actually cut the film and yeah and they were popular everyone yeah. home
0: movies you pulled the little drape down on the yeah. wall and yeah. set up the projector <laughs> exactly i remember that i think my mom used to set up movies on the wall just so she could turn the lights out and drink wine while we watched movies on the it was like you know turn the lights out now watch the movies kids yeah it was yeah. a
1: little bit of uh
0: mom vacation for half an hour.
1: Yeah, it was a little mom-me time, but uh, we'll put it on our YouTube page if anyone's got a home movie they want to send us. yeah,
0: <laughs> Within reason, folks. <laughs> within reason. All right, so I wanted to talk about a story that was in the New York Times this week uh, by Noam Scheiber. It was a great story, and I think it uh, it plays into a lot of what we're going to talk about on the show today. Um, and the, the title of this was um, Are Employers Miscalculating? And essentially what he's asking is with the amount of strikes that are going on here that don't seem to be going terribly well, they're going longer than expected. Um, and employers are not getting the results they want with a lot of these striking workers get more than, uh, getting more than anyone had expected. His question is employers have used the same playbook, uh, you know, go in, get some, um, you know, get some concessions and make the wage increases as small as possible. And that's the playbook. And now that that playbook isn't working, um, you know, they like what are they What are they doing? You know, what's what's the pivot? And I think the answer to the question is they're not pivoting very well. Um, and one thing that uh, one of the quotes from this article that I thought was particularly informative was an uh, In example after example, executives appear to have been taken aback by unions' new, more assertive leaders and their success at rallying members and the public, as well as the ineff- ineffectiveness of employers' traditional bargaining approach. Um, so I think. We're probably seeing some of that. That plays into the, uh, the entertainment industry, yeah. I w- in, in my opinion, because when that all started, you had the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, and the Screen Actors Guild, all preparing to go on strike, right? Yeah. So the writers go out, and the, uh, the industry immediately makes a deal with the directors. And yep. I think that it was supposed to be pressure to get them to come back. Didn't work. Screen actors go out, and you have this enormous joint strike with uh with the the writers i think it went on for almost 150 days and uh now you know the negotiations have broken down the industry has walked away from negotiations yeah is it just to try to starve them out for a little bit longer because their other tactics aren't working
1: which was the old playbook yeah, yeah i, I yeah.
0: think so but it's um you know it it really makes you think and we've got other strikes to report on too between you know, UAW and, um, healthcare workers on the show. But, you know, I just wanted everybody to kind of think about it in this term, uh, where for decades it all kind of worked the same way and workers would say, well, you know, we'll just take the best we can get and that'll be it. And employers, you know, they were very profitable, very successful in doing this, but we live in a different world, a world where Sean Fain from the UAW is giving speeches with a t-shirt that says eat the rich. All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about on the show today, so uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes uh, with Worker's Mike right here on 720
2: WGN. You're listening to the Worker's Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Worker's Mike on 720 WGN. Glad to have you back with us. Um, before we continue with the show, I wanted to uh, just touch on one announcement, uh, and we're always trying to Bring about awareness to good jobs uh, to our listeners. So I wanted to talk again about the uh, apprenticeship openings at the operating engineers local one fifty that's uh, the local that uh, that I call home, and that's for heavy equipment operators, people who operate heavy construction equipment. These are great jobs, and uh, our apprenticeship program is taking um, applications for the month of October. So it only comes for about one month a year. It's a very busy time, very competitive, but these are great jobs. And uh, if you are interested or you think someone in your family might be interested, you can learn more by checking out www.local150.org slash apply. So check that out, Uh, good opportunities, and uh, get in and put in an application.
1: Yeah, take advantage for sure.
0: Yeah, and speaking of apprenticeships... um, Phil, the carpenters, your uh, your home sweet home. They had uh, some apprenticeship news lately. I was reading about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, last Friday was the fifty anniversary, fiftieth anniversary of our apprentice graduation dinner. Um, now, obviously, we've been graduating apprentices for longer than that, but. Um, Back in the '80s, it was decided. You know what? Let's do or '70s. Uh, let's. I'm not very good at math. Let's do a uh, a dinner um, because it's 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 a monumental moment in the apprentice's that's for sure career to uh, to graduate from uh, the apprenticeship and become a journey level carpenter journeyman where you're making the top level of the pay scale. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's a huge moment. So we uh, decided to do this dinner, and because it was a 50th anniversary we uh, We pull out all the stops. Um, there was a thousand people at the uh, Weston in Lombard there nice. for uh three hundred and thirty graduating apprentices. Um, we had our international general president uh, Douglas McCarran, flew in for it, uh, which was very special because he gets invited to a lot of these things. Um, you know we have two hundred and fifty training centers throughout the country, so he can't make every single one so we were very honored. To have his presence, um, our Executive Secretary Treasurer, Gary Perinar, mm. gave a rousing speech uh, to all the apprentices. Congratu-
0: he's, a, he's a very good speaker.
1: He's a good speaker, yeah, yep. and he and he knows how to turn it on. Yes, he does. And, um, yeah, just congratulate, obviously, all the apprentices and told them about, um, you know, how to be successful, uh, you know, as a journeyman in this union and um, all the great things that they have ahead of them and what to look out for, what to be careful about, and, um, you know, really put them on a path toward success, so... It was really cool. We we, we crunched numbers. Um, in 50 years, we've graduated 16,379 apprentices. Um, and, yeah, those are great-paying jobs, um, you know, that are family-sustaining, providing great benefits, pension, uh, no-cost health insurance, all those good things that we always talk about here on the show.
0: And a so skill remember, a skilled and,
1: last you a lifetime. Yeah, and a skill that lasts you a lifetime. And so, yeah, it's 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 really cool to see. I mean, everyone comes out. Uh, it's It's semi-formal yeah um they bring the you know their their significant others they bring their parents uh we live stream it you know they get their name called they walk up on the stage um you know it's it's similar to any graduation ceremony you'd see and in um for uh, to graduate from a certified apprenticeship program uh in, in our union um and i think it applies across most unions is about six thousand hours right. of uh classroom training that you do while you're an apprentice um you know for, for our union uh, once a quarter, you come in for a week for the, the, the classroom uh, training uh, portion of, of your apprenticeship, and then you're out in the field where you're making money. So it doesn't cost you anything. So that's that takes 6,000 hours right. um, to graduate, and um, I think the average number of hours that it takes – and this is computing all the hours that people put in for studying as well, for exams um, you know, that are required to graduate from a four-year university – is five thousand. So I
0: think I put in a lot less than five
1: thousand hours <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> bet you did. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's 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 impressive. Um, it's yeah. it's it goes above and beyond what people have to do to get a four year degree. So um, yeah, that's why it's 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 such a cool moment and why we really want to uh, commemorate it and celebrate it. So it was um, it was very fulfilling and we had uh, one of our apprentices. I can tell a, a brief story sure. about her. Yeah. Um, her name's uh, Norma White and she um we know we did we put together a video and and if you'd heard to hear her story she was working in the banking sector she's um she's originally from guatemala came over here um at a young age and um she's married mother of two and she was a a manager at a bank and they told her like um you know she was looking for her next promotion because she's she's very competent she's Mm -hmm. she's very good and um they said you know we need you to have an advanced degree and um, she said, all right, well, I don't have that. I'm going to go see what I can do uh, and try a, a new career. And she came over to carpenters and, yeah, is killing it, just graduated, is, uh, is now is officially a journey-level carpenter. And um, she's been doing so well with solar work in the field that they've actually asked, they've asked her to become a solar instructor for us. That's very cool. So, yeah, that's just the like kind of great stories that you hear of, um, you know, which decided white-collar world wasn't great for her came over to our side, um, is doing very well, and uh, now will soon be teaching the next generation of apprentices yeah. um, how to uh, succeed. So.
0: In apprenticeship programs, there really is a place for everybody. So yeah. um, that's a very cool story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Phil. Of course. Um, and uh, we will, uh, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, new developments in the UAW strike this week. So um, tune it back to us. We'll be back in a few minutes, and that's on 720 WGN.
2: You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Moner, sitting here with Phil Davidson, and uh, earlier in the show, we had talked a little bit about uh, a recent New York Times article that asked, um, it was examining employers' kind of playbook uh, when it comes to strikes. And how it's changed in the face of stronger union leaders and stronger uh, union membership and a more supportive public. And this week there was a development in the UAW strike that I think was uh, a little bit unexpected by everybody, but it, it really is uh, it underscores this dynamic, and that is um, Sean Fain, the head of the United Auto Workers Union, was negotiating with Ford, and he had presented a proposal. He went in and asked for a counterproposal. Ford said that they didn't have one. And he stood up, walked out, and said, this just cost you Kentucky truck. And uh, then they added to the strike about 8,700 manufacturing workers at a uh, a truck manufacturing plant in Kentucky. Now, this is the plant that makes navigators, expeditions, as well as all the super-duty F-150s, F-250s. So it's a, yeah. an enormous plant. Um, so, you know, right now they're, they're at a little bit of a standstill. And, you know, the UAW, Phil, has taken this – this um, tactic of not calling everybody out of work on day one, but just yeah. doing it strategically and as negotiations continue and you know, it, it's, uh, it's like leverage it's points. It's
1: like a water torture type right. tactic. you know, a drop, a, yeah. you know,
0: a, a cut at a time, but uh, it um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with Ford because this is one of the the largest manufacturing plants. Ford has come out in the last couple of days and said that they're at their limit. They're at their you know, they're at their credit limit for what they're able to offer. Yeah. Um but, you know, as these things tend to go, as strikes go on, you uh sometimes the, the higher ups will extend uh, or increase your credit limit a little bit or do whatever has to be done to to get back to work because um it's a lot of people out of work, it's a lot of trucks that aren't being made. Um, you know, I know some manufacturers, and we've talked about this in the past, are putting management employees on the assembly lines. Yeah. And uh Ken and I joked last week that you know, there are folks out there who are saying, yeah, you know, somebody's got to make these trucks. Put everybody, put somebody who wants to work out there making trucks. And I just want to make sure that everyone who says that uh, is willing to buy one of these trucks that's made by <laughs> an accountant or a marketing director or something like that. Because, um, you know, they should put a big red dot on the inside yeah. of the door of of any vehicle or any product that's made by, you know, strike breakers, by uh, management who's brought in not knowing what they Yeah, the there should be some
1: here. sort of low jack so other uh Drivers on the road can know, like, a stay from that car. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: The, the wheel might just fly off at any time. Yeah. Um, it,
1: it is... There has been some positive moments there. Like, at least Ford is acknowledging, like, yes, our people need to be paid more. Right. Now, obviously, there's still, uh, there's still disagreement on what that number is, mm-hmm. um, but I was heartening to see that, of, like, look, they understand that, no, it's very hard to make it on, especially the base salary that they offer their employees. For sure. Um and as we were talking about earlier during the break, um, it, it, it is challenging for some of the automakers when you have companies like Tesla who are just completely undercutting. They're like, Ford's, from what I saw, like their base package, um, including salary and benefits, is like $70-ish. Um, for Tesla, it was like 45 Right. And so, I mean, that's someone who should, I mean, and obviously it's going to be very hard to organize Tesla employees considering that their master and their their employer is, is about as anti-union as it gets. But, um, I mean, if, if the richest man on the planet Earth can't pay his employees a good and uh, decent living wage, um, that's where we really need to, to rise up because it can't it can't just be the union's. That are lifting up the middle class. It can't all that can't, can't just rest on our backs.
0: Well, that's. I mean, that's a yeah. that, that's a good point. And, yeah. and I think you know it's well taken because unions are, um, and and anybody who has been in a union, has been active in a union, will recognize that you don't really have anything against non union workers. No, some people no. can't get into a union, can't right. form a union. There is sort of this myth that. Union people dislike non union people. No, that not be at all. No, from it's, the truth. it's
1: it's it's the employers <laughs> that right. you're going after. No, like we always tell our guys, like N- you don't want to like start anything. And I think a lot of our members are friends with people who might work non union. We're always trying to encourage them, like, look, man, life is a lot better on this side. You should really consider it. You know, yeah. Um, you
0: you yeah. want you want a good a good pay package, good benefits, yep. good retirement, good you know work conditions for yourself but at the same at the same time, you want that for everybody else mm-hmm. you know if you 're willing to fight for that for yourself and you see other people fighting for that, you, you support that yes. you know because it 's important, and a rising tide lifts all boats, as we always say here. You know there are too many people in America who are struggling to make ends meet um, you know can 't pay a medical bill, Something, somebody gets sick in the family and it 's a, a financial economic catastrophe for the family and you know, that that was never um, you know a footnote of the American dream. Yeah, you know that's not what this was supposed to be about. Where um, you know somebody gets sick and your family goes bankrupt, and so no. fighting for good benefits, um, you know, fighting so you can retire when your body can't work anymore or yeah. shouldn't have to work anymore. Um, you know that's important. So union people fight for that every day. But we want that movement to spread. So yeah, I mean, UAW has I think one of the things that they've acknowledged and one of the things that they've uh, conceded in these negotiations is that. UAW jobs will not be replaced um, as, you know, this new EV electric vehicle, uh, you know, uh, technology starts to grow. And I think a lot of those folks who are doing that work, who are working in the battery plants and who will be working in the battery plants that are being built as close as, um, you know, South Bend, Indiana, they were coming in as uh, as non union members, yes. or they were talking about making them UAW, but paying them paying them at a lower scale. And that's a lot of what this strike was. Was yeah. if you bring new people in, you can't create a younger workforce that makes half as much because you're just you're giving yourself like a ten year phase in period of you know creating a workforce that's that's not going to be able to make ends meet. Um, but uh, but yeah, as as these strikes go, as these movements go, so goes the fight for Tesla workers because yep. if you know, if, if UAW goes out and these workers can get, you know, significant givebacks, I mean, they they were willing to give up their defined benefit pension plan back in 2007 when that's when it yeah. took to keep the U.S. manufacturers competitive. Yeah, they and, make concessions. Right, so they're, they're looking for some of that back now that these companies are profitable. And yeah. there are folks out there like Jim Cramer on CNBC who yeah. just wants the world to think that these auto workers are greedy. Um, the reality is, they gave something up to keep the companies profitable, and the companies got profitable. And did they give it back? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, and of it's, course they. Yeah,
1: did. it's time to pay the piper.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because you want to. Employers have to be successful for workers to be successful, right? Of course, it, especially in construction. Yeah, you want your company to make money because if they're making money, you're working. Um, but. Everybody's got to be willing to do the right thing. Like and there workers, was record profits at the sure. big three
1: automakers in the last couple of years. I mean, it's not like you know they're barely making ends meet over there, <laughs> right? I
0: mean, so that's one of the big sticking points in yeah. the strike too. Is workers like, hey, we want to uh, we want to get back in the defined benefit pension game. You know how we just gave it up to you to keep the, the lights on here. Yeah. Um. You guys are doing really well, so we'd like a you know a show of good faith for what we did. And the company's like that's a, that's just ridiculous. Yeah you know so what does that say to any company that's yeah. or any group of workers yeah, that's how, looking how? to give concessions temporarily you've got to take a hard line because whatever you give up you're never getting back yeah, right? you're, you're not showing to-
1: good faith to your employees when you're not when they made a concession for you that you're yeah. not going to do the opposite for them yeah. right
0: so um i saw a a funny video and we'll post it on the uh, the facebook page and it was uh, an interview with jim cramer on cnbc And they were reporting the result of an AP poll about this strike that showed that uh, 9% of Americans uh, are supportive of the automakers in this strike. Yeah, And I think it was 70-some percent said that it would be a good thing for the UAW members to make more money. (laughs) And uh, they were giving this news to Jim Cramer. The uh, the guy the Mad Money I think was his show and yeah. he used to press all the buttons with sound effects and talk about stocks and he was an old does he, uh,
1: does he still have a show
0: I think I don't think he has that show I yeah mean, you can only do that nonsense for so long his yeah. shoulders were wearing off from hitting all the sound effects buttons yeah but, a lot of buttons yeah he was a uh, rolled up sleeve man of the people giving working people investment advice but of course he had already made tens of millions working for Goldman yeah uh, back in the day but he was given the news on this and he was just. So sad. I mean, you've got to look at this video. He's got his head down. He just looks miserable um, at the fact that uh, the public supports these striking workers. And he said... You know, I had hoped to see a lot of people say, "I drive, F- I drive an F one fifty, and that's that's a really nice truck." And the company's doing a good job, and these workers are greedy. And he puts his head down. He's like, "No, but the workers are winning."
1: Oh you know? no, I'm sorry, so, Kramer.
0: Yeah. So if for no we other go reason, console him. Yeah, Sean Fain, UAW, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Keep yeah. fighting the good fight, just so we can see uh, poor old Jim Kramer look sad on TV. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting to see how this is shaping up, and. Uh, you know, the world is watching UAW. Uh, Sean Fain, there was a the president of the UAW, there was a profile on he was him. Just,
1: he was here recently, right? Was it yeah, he kind? was yeah.
0: here. Um, Local 551, yeah. a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When some of the workers on the south side of Chicago went out. Um, and I mean, he's a captivating speaker and he speaks from the heart. Um, there was a profile about him in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago and basically where he came from. And it was back when they did the give back on the pension stuff back in 2007. You know the UAW executive board and leadership was like, "Yes, we have to do this." And yeah. he said, uh, "No, absolutely not. We can't give anything back because we'll we'll give we can't give it away. We'll never get it's back. too important. We'll yeah. never give it back." Um, <clears throat> and that's been his attitude: is he's he he fights for the workers and doesn't really want to give an inch. And there are probably listeners out there who don't agree with that, but I'll tell you what: you should see the way that these companies' negotiators and these companies' lawyers operate. You know, if if somebody gets hurt working in one of these facilities their lawyers will pay out as little as possible or nothing if they can get away with it so yeah. there's absolutely no reason that workers and their their representatives shouldn't take the exact same approach um you know there there's only so much so far you can give these uh the the workers have got to get a fair deal they've got to do it you know for a company that still has the ability to be successful but uh you know Ford said hey this is all we've got and uh, I think that we'll find as time goes on that that isn't actually the case so um you know
1: and and we have to hold strong here in the rust belt where majority of the auto workers still live right yeah michigan ohio indiana are still the epicenter of the automotive industry and yeah for just for for the economic you know uh, vitality of the midwest we got to get everyone working again i mean it could be absolutely drastic and uh, devastating if this continues to go on and on and on, and um, those people aren't working again because these are, these are good jobs.
0: Yeah. I mean, American manufacturing is something that people will stand on the, on the side of the road and yeah. wave flags. We've got to bring back American manufacturing. We have to support American manufacturing. And when I think of American manufacturing, I think of good jobs. Yeah. You think of Chinese manufacturing or Vietnamese manufacturing, you don't think no. of the same thing. So no, you
1: think child labor.
0: Yeah, we've got, to, we've got to protect these jobs and make sure they continue to be good jobs and that the people that are doing them are skilled um, you know, and are, uh, are able to provide for their families. Yes. So, um, so yeah, uh, we've got to take a quick break, but we will be back in just a couple minutes. So stay with
2: us on uh, The Worker's Mic,
0: 720 WGN.
2: You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial.
1: Welcome back to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN, powered by the MCL. I'm Phil Davidson here with Ed Maher. And just uh, during break, we were talking about we got an update on the Kaiser Permanente strike ad. Right. Um, what's What's the latest with that? That was That was a a lot of people who were out.
0: Yeah, we talked about that on last week's show, and that's Kaiser Permanente is a healthcare group, a uh, group of healthcare workers, nurses, admins, clerks, just a bunch of you know lab technicians, yeah, that type of thing. And uh, about seventy five thousand workers went out on a three day strike last week. And uh, you know it's a huge number, and that was where uh, it's on the west coast. Yeah. I think most of their employees are based in California. Yeah. Uh, but it's mainly a west coast network. But seventy five thousand people went out on strike. So it's healthcare. They made it. They they made it an abbreviated three day strike to really just send a message. Um, you know, also wanting to get back and not create uncertainty for patients who needed them. Um, but it was to make a point, and it was about um, wage increases, but also about uh, staffing levels. Yeah, you know, they they were. Chronically understaffed, as we've seen with so many healthcare workers. I mean, if you have any, if you have any healthcare workers in your family or you know oh, yeah. some. I mean, my my mom was a nurse. My sister is currently a nurse, and uh, you can't you can't bump into a nurse anywhere without just hearing about how much harder their jobs have gotten. Uh, and people are hesitant my sister's to come a nurse, yeah. Is that right? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nurses are special people. I mean, it's uh, not not everyone can do what they do. So
1: no, it's a tough um, job. Yeah, and, and you definitely want to be in a union. For sure.
0: I mean, who wants to underpay a nurse? You no. know, when when you're sick and you don't know what's going on, you you know, if you're in an uncertain position, you get a doctor coming in. Doctors don't really know how to talk to people most of the time. No. Um, and that's where you rely on nurses and other healthcare workers who have you know a good bedside manner. And uh, there have been times in my life where that's that's been important. And uh, you know, I think we can all we can all agree. So shout out to nurses, and I just wanted to to congratulate them because uh that strike resolved or uh, resulted in a win for them this week. Uh they haven't released the the numbers on uh on what was given back to them but uh the company made an offer. They uh went back and forth a little bit and uh the Kaiser Permanente employees accepted it so they're going back to work and uh, I think that's good news for everyone. And
1: they were out for how long?
0: They did a 3-day strike. Wow. So they said that there would be additional strikes but with healthcare it's it's difficult. You yeah. know, you, you can't just shut down a hospital no um and and they recognized that but they also had some important needs that weren't being met so um it seems like this one worked out uh worked out pretty well they got what they were looking for still waiting to see the the details uh on what that was but uh we'll report on that um on another show but uh congrats to the kaiser permanente
1: yeah seventy five thousand. that's big
0: yeah absolutely i mean this this year there have been an outrageous amount of workers going out on strike yeah and uh Throw another seventy five thousand on top of it. That number is is getting huge this year. But you know, as we've said on the workers' mic for what ten months now, two thousand twenty three is the year of the worker, and uh, it has proven to be that kind of more than more than I thought it would be. More than anybody ever thought. It
1: would Honestly, be. yeah. I mean, I don't think labor unions were on a lot of people's radars prior to this year. Pri- I think you know the pandemic changed everything for sure. Um, I think people heard of it. You know, a lot of people had the. Misconceptions about unions. Oh yeah, you gotta know someone. You know, it's like no. Now they realize like, oh no, these what we do helps the middle class, and, and there's no you know there's no two ways around it. It's like that's what we're here to do. We're here to protect uh, middle class jobs. We're here to protect uh, a U.S. domestic economy and manufacturing sector, and yeah, making sure that people can take care of themselves and their families. And yeah, it is. It's 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 and, incredible,
0: and make sure employers <laughs> play by the rules. Yes. So a, a company that actually I read about today that uh, hasn't been playing by the rules. And, it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for some blowback on this around my house is uh, crumble cookies.
1: Crumble yeah, cookies. Yeah, it's quite oh, popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very popular. They're yeah. popping up everywhere and yeah. more
0: often than they should be popping up in my kitchen. Um, but crumble cookies has been violating um, child labor uh you know they've they've got kids who are 14 years old working 60 hours a week and where uh, there were six states, Illinois was not one of them. Okay. so that's gonna you know where to be go, part of the, Illinois. The, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but uh, across six states, I think there were 50 stores that were impacted where they had. Um,
1: are these like where they make the cookies or are they're extra yeah. retail shops?
0: No, it's the places where they make they okay. make the cookies and they sell the cookies. Okay, at yeah, one you, location. Yeah, so you walk got in it. there, you make and they order. have kids working there. I mean, most of the time that I've gone in there, yeah. which is more often than I would care to admit, frankly, okay. um, it's usually like teenagers, and it's uh, it seems like a, a job for high schoolers who, okay. um, you know, know how to throw a ball of dough on a tray and put it in the oven, and you know, which I'm not minimizing it because no. the results are magnificent, uh, and I shouldn't really be saying that because they are uh, violating child labor yeah, laws. Yeah, you uh,
1: might need to uh, start boycotting. Yeah,
0: I well, the, we're gonna we're gonna slow pace that one. Uh, <laughs> at least they are not doing it in Illinois. <laughs> My local crumble cookies doesn't have any. Uh, you know child who's, labor our, violations. who's our
1: union cookie uh baker
0: what's that uh i mean i don't know they used to have problems with mondelez back in the day but like the bakers and confection workers union they, yeah uh, i mean um nabisco i think is their union right i think so yeah 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 it was one of the biggest employers for the bakery union um which was pretty powerful you might here. have
1: to go back to chips ahoy man
0: you know, if that's what's got to happen, that's what's got to happen. <laughs> you'll sacrifice, I mean, you'll make these gonna, sacrifices. I'm not going to cry about chips ahoy. It got me through a lot of hard times in my yes. childhood. So Chips Ahoy are solid. <laughs> yeah, but oh, trust me. Keep your eyes on uh keep your eyes on crumble cookie. Speaking of chips ahoy, yeah. are you a chips ahoy guy or do you do uh chewy chips ahoy, the red package?
1: Oh, uh I like the original. Right. Yeah, something about those chewy ones. I don't know, they don't, it doesn't seem a little, little too processed. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's certainly processed. I don't yeah. think Chips Ahoy's are not. Processed.
1: No, those are all organic. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one the
0: elf's making the tree? Exactly. Remember those guys? Yeah. Who, I mean, those guys, they seem like they're living living their best life in that tree. Yeah. Big EL fudge guys, right? But I
1: just don't know if I trust a cookie that can still stay soft and chewy for weeks on end in a package. You're
0: asking too something, many questions. <laughs> something. Too many questions. Yeah, don't think about it so much. Okay. Just enjoy Sorry. it. Sorry. But hey, that's thanks. a fair point, though.
1: Good, good to be union. And yeah, crumble cookies. I've actually never had one. I know everyone talks about them, but that's very disappointing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean working these high schoolers to the bone. Yeah. So these kids have to study. They're the next generation. We've got to get them prepared so they can get into our apprenticeship. So it, was
1: it, there was a DOL investigation against them? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: In uh, 46 locations.
1: Some, um, someone dropped a dime on
0: crumble cookies, huh? Some kid was falling asleep in class, yeah. and the teacher decided to dig a little deeper. So <laughs> that's what it. happened. We love you, teachers.
1: That's probably um, Chips Ahoy.
0: Yeah. So we're uh, we're running a little bit low on time for, uh, for the rest of this episode. But one thing that I wanted to make note of before we go is, uh, and this is to our uh, union brothers and sisters out there who are members of uh, Midwest Coalition of Labor Unions. Uh, operators, carpenters, electricians, there are, I think, almost 400 local unions that are part of the MCL now. Uh, this is open enrollment time for uh, life insurance. You can get up to $350,000 in life insurance for way less than you're pr- probably paying your insurance agent currently. No, no tests. Qu- no questions. No, no questions. Tests for mean, a uh, for construction worker. That's, that's unheard of. deal. That's unheard of. So check it out. You can go to coalitionoflabor.org to find out more or call your union. And, um, yeah, that's about all we've got uh, this week. Phil. You've been magnificent, hey, as always.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, so um, everybody have a great week, and thanks for tuning in with us this week. We'll see you again uh, next Sunday right here on 720 WGN. The
2: preceding episode of The Worker's Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNradio.com.